I'm sorry for this interruption. I've been asked a lot about passive investments. And let's be real, there is nothing passive about being a landlord unless you have a really good property management company. So if you own an Airbnb or a short-term rental and you want to get back your time, please give our team at Buzz Vacation Rental a call at 281-549-8432 or go to our website at pm.buzzvacationrentals.com. Now back to the Real Estate Baller Show. Passive income. I went on YouTube and did a search on passive income and see what came up. So it appeared to be very subjective in definition. In this episode, we will define passive income streams as sources of revenue that are consistently generated with minimal time and effort invested on your part. So picture yourself peacefully sleeping indulging in relaxation or pursuing other endeavors while money keeps flowing in. Now, it is important to note that simply owning real estate doesn't automatically guarantee passive income. Let's dive in. Hey, so if you've been enjoying our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. Thank you for your support. You are listening to The Real Estate Baller Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real-life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to talk about how to make passive income through real estate investing. Okay, so once again, passive is when you put in very little of your time and effort into uh, maintaining this income. Okay, so let's start with the first very obvious way to earn passive income is through REITs. And that is real estate investment trust. These type of trusts typically invest in commercial properties and pay out their profits as dividends. So pretty passive. You put your money in and you get paid most of the time annually. A second way to earn passive income is through crowdfunding, which has gained popularity over the past few years. This method usually is done by uh, through some online platform. Okay, and this allows several investors to pull funds together to invest. And it opens a lot of doors and opportunity. The terms are very uh, based on the deals. So again, another very passive. You put money in and then you just base on the term and you get your return. So the third way to earn passive income through real estate is buying owning rentals. And this can be tricky. Because if you put a lot of time in managing your rentals, then it is no longer passive. So setting it up 
to where it become passive or hiring a manager or a property management company so that you can be relieved of your day-to-day -day task of managing that property, that rental. In that instant, then this can be passive. But if you are the one who taking the maintenance call, who going to show the property, who gotta go verify the tenants, doing the verif you know, the applications, all of that process, then it is not passive, okay? Now, I've seen other people put in Airbnb or short-term rental in this uh, passive investment category. And I will tell you, there is nothing passive about managing an Airbnb or a short-term rental. So you've got to put process and system in place and it take a lot of time and effort up front for you to really enjoy the passive benefit down the line. This doesn't happen overnight, okay? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. So the fourth way for to earn passive income is by becoming a private lender and I'm going to split this up into two categories, okay? You can become a private lender directly to an active investor like myself. So, for example, I have a property that I'm under contract to buy. Instead of using my cash, I will go to my investor, my private investor, or my bank, or my hard money lender to acquire fund to acquire this property and sometime most of the time actually also the fund to rehab this property so a lot of time we work with private lenders because it helps the private lenders to accomplish their objective without being too involved in the managing and operating of the real estate of the projects okay so if you choose to become a private lender direct, things you need to know is you gotta vet that investor. You gotta make sure that you are in first lien position. You need, you should have your documents, your loan documents drawn up by an attorney so that you are protected. All right. The second model of being a private lender is let's say you don't want to do any of that and you don't know any investor and you don't trust any investor, individual investor, right? Then you can go become a private lender through a third party, meaning you know all these hard money lenders. They gotta raise capital. They gotta get their capital somewhere, okay? Same thing, they can get through the bank, they can get it through a fund, they can get it through their private lenders. So you can be a private lender to these company, the hard money lenders, and you probably will get a lower rate because remember they make money by the spread between what they pay you and what the investor borrower pay them so you'll get a lower rate but often private lenders can feel a little bit more secure because they invest with a reputable company or a company that has track record now again same thing 
When you choose to be a private lender through a third-party company, you make sure you vet the company, make sure it's a company that has reputable reputation, that they have track record, okay? Secondly is that you gotta review the documents to make sure that you are protected in the event of something happened. Because a lot of time the company are owned by individual. So you still, you know, it still falls onto that individual, the owners of the company. Now, the sixth way that you can earn passive income through real estate is by buying real estate notes and hold them. So these are notes that already in existing. There are a lot of investors out there who would originate the notes and then sell them at a value less than the face value. Same process, anything you want to do, you make sure you verify what you're buying, verify the loan documents, verify that you're protected in the event that a foreclosure needs to happen. So due diligence is very important in any of them, these ways that you, you're going to go with. You are going to have to do some due diligence. Passive doesn't mean not doing anything at all. Okay. All right. So buying real estate, no, most of the time the investor probably pay somewhere between, it depends, right? You get a really good deal. You may only have to pay 50% of the face value, but if you, sometimes you can get, you know, you, you, most of the time investor will pay the note buyer, uh, will pay 70, 80, 90% of the face value. And so when, in myself, for example, when I need cash, like when I originate a note and I need cash and I want to sell my note, I like to get 90%. And that's me, right? Okay. The last way to earn passive income through real estate is by originating the note and hold them. So there's two scenarios. One is if you own the property and you now we uh, sell the property to the buyer via owner financing. You will collect a down payment and then you finance the remaining balance to the buyer. If you do not own the property, then you will have to finance the difference between the down payment and the sale price. So it, it can be a little bit different, okay? In either way, you will have to go through a process to protect yourself and you are protecting yourself through a, an instrument here in Texas called the deed of trust. So you will have a promissory note and a deed of trust. And if you were to go with this route, I highly recommend you to go through a residential mortgage loan originator and there's also a servicer who will collect the monthly payment and the fee can be passed on to the buyer so that you're not paying any fee and that way you're really going to be hands off and your notes can be more likely to be marketable and sellable down the line. You can do it on your own but as many investors prefer to buy a note that was originated by an RMLO, okay? A residential mortgage loan originator. Uh, in this example, when you are the loan originator, it's up to you to decide the term of the loan. If you choose to become a loan originator, you have to understand the Dodd-Frank Act and the usury law. So if you plan on doing one, two a year, 
you know, you probably are fine. But if you're going to do more than that, make sure you understand the Dodd-Frank Act because there are laws that are very specific for how much interest rate you can charge the borrower, okay? Now, if you only do one a year, then it's really up to you to set your, your rates and term. But if you plan on doing multiple, then you need to check your state-specific law for your maximum, the maximum interest rate that you allow to charge. And make sure you follow the Dodd-Frank Act as well. So stay out of trouble, my friend. And that is a wrap on how to get passive income through real estate. For more real estate talk, join our Facebook group, RE Ballers, and hit that subscribe button on Real Estate Ballers Show so you never miss an episode. And if you got some serious value out of this episode, please leave us a five-star rating, a written review, or share this episode with a friend. Thank you for being a part of the Real Estate Ballers community. Stay tuned for more.